What is up, everybody? I'm Dylan Bertemery, and welcome to the first ever episode of Top Shelf. It feels so good to finally get started here. If you're wondering what this is all about, this podcast is all about hockey. So if you're a hockey fan, stay and listen. If you're not, you might be interested in hockey. So just just give it a listen and try it out and see if you like it. Um, I'm mainly going to be covering the NHL, but who knows, might enter some other leagues like in Canada, you know, you got the prospect leagues with the QMJHL and the OHL. Might even go over to Russia and cover the KHL because who knows? You got some older players there like Pavel Datsuk, maybe makes a return like Yulia Kovalchuk did. I, I don't know. He's 42, so maybe unlikely, but you never know. Anyways, let's just hop right into the first episode of Top Shelf. This is my first episode. Uh, you may stumble upon me and not even know who I am. I'm currently a college student up in Ithaca. I go to Ithaca College. I'm studying sports media. Um, I'm aspiring to be a play-by-play commentator, but I could really end up doing a variety of things. I just want to be in the sports field. I love to talk sports. Um, I hope that you guys love to hear about it and talk as well. And you can tell me about all your opinions and stuff like that. And if I say anything you completely disagree with, call me out on it and let me know what you think. Um, I want to go into hockey because hockey is my favorite sport to watch. Hockey is such an exciting sport, the constant action. You can go up and down the ice and just nonstop action. There's none of these, like there's barely commercial breaks. I think they have like three throughout each period schedule, but you can get constant action. There's tons of like toughness and stuff like that. Like there's fighting and all the checking, which I love so much. Um, I personally can't play hockey. I don't know how to skate. I tried learning to skate and I ended up doing snow angels when I was six years old. Not for me, but I still love the sport and love to talk about it. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about, uh, some things about the upcoming season this year, about how the NHL is lining up and how they're going to have new divisions and what happened in free agency and what we're going to see this season. Um, but first I'm going to talk about what happened last season. We obviously had COVID interrupt the season. Um, it got cut short and we had to wait quite a while till we could get into the playoffs. Luckily they figured it out and how to do it. Um, but it just didn't, it didn't feel the same to me. Uh, playoff hockey is uh, something I love to watch. Playoff hockey, I say, if, if you want, if you could pick one sport, like any time to watch, I wouldn't pick the Super Bowl. I wouldn't pick anything else. I would, I would pick playoff hockey, like literally any playoff game. Obviously Stanley Cup would be the best, but any playoff hockey is better. The atmosphere is there. It's the whole game's intensified. I feel like that was just something that was missing last season uh, with COVID not allowing fans into the stadium. We, we really didn't get um, that same feeling that we would get. Uh, obviously, Tampa Bay Lightning came up on top, won the whole thing. All credits to them deserved it. It, 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 there shouldn't be any asterisk or anything like that. They they won the Stanley Cup and they won it convincingly. So good to them. Um, so, but now we're gonna move into what the the NHL season is gonna look like this year. Um, so they've completely reorganized the divisions, um, including us. We're gonna have an all Canadian division, which is so, something we just haven't seen before, and I think it'd be extremely interesting. 
So normally we have the Atlantic, the Metropolitan, the Central, and the Pacific. Um, no fancy names or anything like that to get people confused. We just have the North, Central, East, and West. Um, so I'm going to read out to you what these divisions look like, just so you can kind of get a sense if you don't know what they're, uh, what they, how they formatted it this season. So the North Division, like I said, it's going to be all seven Canadian teams. So we have the Flames, the Oilers, the Canadians, the Senators, the Maple Leafs, the Canucks, and the Jets. And in the Central, it's going to consist of the Hurricanes, the Blackhawks, the Blue Jackets, the Stars, the Red Wings, the Panthers, and the Predators, and the Lightning. And then in the East, we have the Bruins, the Sabres, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, the Flyers, the Penguins, and the Capitals. And then finally, in the West, we're going to have the Ducks, the Coyotes, the Avalanche, the Kings, the Wild, the Shark, the Blues, and the Golden Knights. So... How um, the season's gonna work this year is the NHL is gonna have a 56 game schedule. So we're gonna bump down from 82 down to 56. Um, it's gonna be starting January 13th um, and the top four teams from each division will qualify and the playoffs are still gonna be a best of seven but the first two rounds are gonna be interdivisional. So when you have top four teams in each division the one seed will play the four and the two will play the three. We don't have any wild cards this year. And then the winner of the one and four and two and three play each other. And then we'll have the semifinals where we'll start mangling in the divisions. And they'll probably talk more about how that's going to go down when, as we get further in the season and see how, um, how things have changed with COVID and what we're allowed to do and what we're not. Uh, I do know for fans that it's going to be similar to the NFL where some stadiums will allow fans, obviously restricted to a certain amount. Um, I know I know the Dallas Stars said that they were going to have fans. I think they could have somewhere around like 5,000 fans for them this season. Um, but hopefully maybe down the road, maybe just in time for playoffs, we can get some more fans in the same. That's my hope. So we can get the actual playoff atmosphere going. But um, I think the NHL made the right decision of not going with an 82 game season. Um, with the schedule they currently have set up, um, the intention was that the 2021-2022 season would be back on schedule where we could have preseason and training camp and free agency could be normal and we can go through the year. And obviously we're going to have the Olympics um, in 2022 in the winter. They're planning on having that and allowing players to go. We'll, we'll see what that all ends up being with. But that's, that's why their plan is to shorten the schedule this year so they can be back on track for next year. Um, hopefully they can have the NHL draft for 2021, have that in normalcy and all of that. And the big thing, another reason why they want it to be normal is they do have their 32nd team coming in. Uh, so the Seattle Kraken was determined as the 32nd team that they're adding. Seattle must be buzzing about this. Finally getting, getting their team back. They'll probably have a rivalry with the Canucks, you know, both water stuff and they're right next to each other. I think it's going to be amazing. Obviously they want to make sure that the transition and moving into the NHL for the Seattle Kraken is going to be nice and smooth and easy for them. Um, so that's probably a big factor into having the shortened schedule. And I, I think it's the right idea. Um, so I want to go back into the divisions for a bit. Um, first of all, an amazing idea and uh, congratulations and great work by the NHL and NHLPA um, to work out a deal and figure out something that works and to, um, for this obviously bizarre season. Um, it's going to allow us to actually have hockey this season 
I think it's going to go well. I think it could be one of the best seasons we have just because of how different it is and how I, with all these new teams and facing up against each other, they're going to be playing each other quite a lot. Quite a lot. Um, so there's some interesting rivalries that um, we get with these new divisions. And since each team plays each other anywhere from eight to 10 times, because they're only playing within their own division, I think we could get some new rivalries depending on what happens in these games, but we could also like see some old rivalries like burst up out of the scene again. Um, so first I'm going to start with the North and talk about them. So obviously this is the Canadian division division will be talked about a ton and just, it's just so cool that we have all the Canadian teams going against each other. Obviously that's already a rivalry in itself. All seven teams trying to compete. Who's the best Canadian team? I guess, I guess we're going to find out. Um, so any, any matchup's going to be great. Obviously <clears throat> we have the battle of Ontario with the senators and the Maple Leafs and um, I'm excited that we're going to get to see Edmonton versus Calgary. You know, we had Kachuk versus Cassie in battle last year, the battle of Alberta. We get to see that a whopping 10 times this year. That is absolutely insane. There's going to be so many fights, so much bad blood. And this is a top rivalry that I think is really going to burst out this season. Obviously it has a tremendous history um, but I'm going to be, I'm so excited to watch this. Um, we also have ones like Montreal versus Toronto classic original six teams. And we also have the flames and the senators where we're going to have the Kachuk brothers match up against each other like nine times this season. So I, it's just going to be amazing with, with the amount of times teams play each other. Like everyone's going to hate each other in their division. Every team will hate the other team in the division with the amount of times they play them. Um, uh, in the West, um, we're going to have the original Sharks and Kings, you know, battling in California um, rivalry. But the one that I'm eyeing, uh, where we m get to see one of the biggest free agents, Alex Petrangelo, who newly signed with the Golden Knights, he's going to get to face up against his former team that he captained, the St. Louis Blues. Now, I'm not sure how much of a rivalry this is. I know that they've faced each other quite a lot since the Golden Knights have entered the league and Golden Knights don't have a ton of rivalries because they haven't been in enough, but I think this could formulate a, quite a big rivalry. Not sure how much bad blood the Blues are really going to have against Alex Petrangelo. I feel like he left quite uh, nicely. Like there wasn't any like turmoil or anything like that. Although he, he was their captain. So I think he was respected, but you, you never know what could happen. Obviously, Ryan O'Reilly taking over the captaincy, well-deserved, great two-way player. I think he's a great leader. I think he was the obvious choice of who was going to be their next captain. Um, but who knows? I, I think it could shape up to be really good. Um, we're going to talk more about Alex Petrangelo later on, though. Um, next, we're going to move into the Central. Now, there's a huge elephant in the room here. Um, so in this division, we actually have the two Stanley Cup finalists, the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to be facing each other multiple times. Now, they faced each other in the Stanley Cup. Lightning won. I'm sure the Stars are going to want to get back at them for that. Stars could have won the Stanley Cup last season. Um, this is something that we can't really see that much happen in this day and age because it's Eastern Conference versus Western Conference. So they can't be in the same division in a normal NHL season. But since the season is so crazy, we are going to see two Stanley Cup finalists play each other multiple times, be in the same division, competing against each other in the regular season. 
Um, but I really think Dallas is going to be looking for revenge against Lightning. I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, and another one that might fly under the radar for you guys is um, just based off where both these teams are right now is the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. Um, so obviously both of these teams are kind of lower. And I mean, obviously Detroit had like one of the worst seasons last year and they got snubbed out of the draft. They dropped all the way from first to fourth, which is ridiculous. The Red Wings get screwed in the draft every single year. And I feel so bad for them. But then we also have the Chicago Blackhawks who haven't been, haven't had the best season, but I think they, they have a good young talent coming up. Obviously uh, Jonathan Thames, if you haven't heard is out for the, well, it, it, he didn't say he's out for the season, but as of right now, it's looking like that. He has he has health problems. He's not 100%. He decided to sit down, respected by the organization. They said that was fine. Um, but either way, Chicago and uh, Detroit are both original six teams who also used to play in the same conference until the NHL did do that conference realignment in 2013 in the new division format. And uh, at that point, when before it was changed in 2013, um, they had played more times head-to-head than any other two teams in the regular season. Um, eventually, since they only started playing each other twice since one was in, in the East and one was in the West, the Bruins and Canadians have now overtook that. Um, however, maybe it could be revived with these new divisions that this becomes a big rivalry once again between these two original six teams. So the final division we have is the East. Um, so now here you're going to have most of your original rivalries that you would have anyways. You have like the Islanders and the Rangers, of course, both battling in New York. Always a great rivalry. Um, we have the Penguins and Flyers, obviously battling in Pennsylvania. One another, Penguins and Capitals, which has kind of risen up a bit with um, obviously two of the best players of our generation. You got Ovechkin and you got Crosby. Great playoff matchups many times. Great rivalry. Um, so the interesting matchup that we're going to be seeing now, though, is we've got the Bruins versus the Capitals. Now, the reason why this will be a rivalry is is because of one giant elephant, I guess you could say. Um, we have the 43-year-old, 21-year veteran and 14-year former Bruin captain Zdeno Chara is now part of the Washington Capitals, recently signed a one-year deal with them. Um, he departed from the Bruins. Um I'm a Bruins fan, so it's going to be weird for me to not see Char in a Bruins uniform because I didn't watch when he played in Ottawa or New York. Um, Char left the Bruins after uh, they said he was going to have a reduced role. Um, I think the Bruins made the right decision. He's, I mean, they don't have the one thing they're missing now is a tough guy. They don't have they don't have that guy where they're like, if you if you mess with my teammates, I'm going to beat you up. That's the one thing they don't have. Maybe Kevin Miller. I, I don't want to talk about it, um, but. Char, the interesting thing is that um, Chara might not even play on the Capitals. Uh, so obviously he was going to have a reduced role, probably play top six minutes um, on the Bruins. But um, the Capitals have quite a good defensive core with Kempney, uh, Carlson, Orlov, Brendan Dillon, who they got last season. Um, they also just signed Trevor Van Riemsdyk this offseason. Um, I think Char, Char can make the lineup. Um, it's just whether what their preference is with him. He'll obviously bring great leadership into the team, a great present. He's got a great attitude. He'll motivate players. He can obviously be a mentor to anyone. But I could see him maybe only playing like half the season this year, maybe. Maybe only like 20 games if he doesn't break into the starting lineup. Uh, 
that's that's probably what I'm seeing more for Chara this season. Um, <clears throat> but just to recap on these divisions and these new rivalries, I think it's going to be a great season, and I'm honestly really looking forward to it. And I think it could be one of the best seasons that we've had in a while just because of how different it is, and it's just going to bring so many new matchups. And obviously, you're going to have each team playing against each other so many times. And I think that's just going to even make the semifinals and Stanley Cup finals even more different because they're not going to have played many teams and you're not going to have played them at all. Normally, teams play each other in the regular season, but like they they, they won't have played anyone at all. I, I It's going to be a lot of scouting and a lot of trial and error. And each team's going to play one home game and then one away game against the team in the division. I just think it's gonna it's gonna be absolutely crazy and it's gonna be insane and I'm so looking forward to these new divisions. Um, we're gonna move on to free agency, where uh, free agency has been open for quite a while now. It actually opened up October 9th, um, so there there was an absolute frenzy for players. You know that people were waiting and waiting for free agency to open. Normally, free agency happens over the summer. Obviously, we had um, COVID delayed the. Uh, the whole season so playoffs was in the summer so we had to delay free agency and the draft and all of that um so players had month, like players who knew they were going to be free agents and not in the playoffs they had months to think about where they wanted to go and all of that and kind of discuss where they were thinking with their agents um but i want to go back and take a look at some of these moves um so we're going to do a segment where we have on this podcast called miss post or top shelf how this will work is I'll discuss a player and the team and their contract. And if it's a miss, that means I think they just missed the mark and it's a bad signing and they, sh- they should have put their money somewhere else. Um, post is going to mean it's got potential to be good or it got potential to be bad. It's just like the puck could bounce in or out off the post. And then finally we have top shelf, meaning a great signing and it's going to work out real well. Um, so we're going to jump right into it. Just give me one second. Oh, mouth's getting dry. Take a sip of my Gatorade Zero. Not sponsored yet, but if they want to sponsor me, I'm all open to it. All right, let's get into this. So first of all, I'm going to talk about Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall, obviously the most sought-after player in this free agency, the biggest player that was available. Um, so Taylor Hall signed a one-year, $8 million contract with the Buffalo Sabres. Now, this is an interesting one for me personally. I was, I was... When this first happened, I was absolutely shocked. Now, Taylor Hall was being sought after big by big teams like the Bruins and the Avalanche, and the Golden Knights were even looking at him before they signed Alex Petrangelo. Blue Jackets were looking at him. Um, I think Taylor Hall could have gone to much better teams on a one-year deal. I honestly don't know what he was thinking with um, going with to the Buffalo Sabres, I thought for sure he was going to go sign with the Colorado Avalanche and just make their team even more stacked than it already is. Um, reasons why I think Taylor Hall signed with the Buffalo Sabres um, is that uh, I think that he wants to, he gets to play with Jack Eichel. Uh, Jack Eichel finally gets a good player to play alongside him. I feel so bad for Jack Eichel. He's just been struggling there in Buffalo. Um, I think Taylor Hall adds that. I think we'll be a great duo. Um, and Taylor Hall, Eichel, and then I, I don't know who's going to pair up with them as well. Um, I don't think Olafson or Skinner can be. Oh, don't don't even get me on Skinner. Skinner's contract is awful. It is 
Sabres, awful management. Um, Olofsson and Skinner are both snipers, and then you have like three snipers on the same line. I don't think it'll work out well. Um, I, I could see maybe Okpozo going up there. I don't think Okpozo deserves top being first line ice time. I, they'll probably go with like Sam Reinhardt. So Reinhardt Hall and Eichel, I think that could be a good combination. Another reason why I think Taylor Hall might have signed with the Sabres um, is with COVID that um, these players will be losing a big percentage of their contract and 8 million for one year is a good deal. I mean, 8 million is very good for Taylor Hall. Um, and I think he just wanted to secure some more money. Um, I, I, th- I think that the Sabres get a post here. Um, he, he's got a one year. So you can't really, if you have the contract room and you go one year, you can't, it, it can't really go wrong unless you missed out on someone else, but he's the best player available. Um, I guess if it doesn't work out, they could trade him, but I, I don't see him getting traded at the trade deadline again. Um, the Sabres are in one of the toughest divisions, in my opinion, the East. I think they could they could very well be ranked last in their division, if not last, second to last. Um, I don't. I just I don't understand Taylor Hall's thinking. Um, if you're going to sign a one-year deal, why wouldn't you sign with an, a team that actually has a good chance at winning the Stanley Cup? Because um, if I when I when I heard he was signing with the Buffalo Sabres, I thought he was going to sign like a seven-year, nine million dollar contract or something like that. Like if you're securing the bag, go ahead, do you get your money if you don't care about winning? But he he signed a one-year with the the Sabres and. I'm not saying this will happen or that it's going to, but if, if he has like a bad year or gets injured or something, he's not going to get an, a long-term deal or anything. Like other teams would have offered him a long-term deal or something like that. But if you're going to sign a one-year, sign with a good team. I think it's a miss for Taylor Hall, but I'll give the Sabres a post because I think it could be good for them. So next we're going to move on to Alex Petrangelo. He signed a seven-year, $61.6 million deal. That's 8.8 per year. Um, without a doubt, this is a top shelf signing for the Vegas Gold Knights. Alex Petrangelo is without a doubt one of the best defensemen in the league. He's top two D-man. He's a righty, which they needed another righty defenseman. I think they'll probably pair him up on the top two with uh, Shea Theodore, which I think is going to be a great combination for them. Um, Alex Petrangelo brings great offense and defense to the team. Um, he had 16 goals and 38 assists last year. And 20 of those on the power play can be a great power play quarterback for the Golden Knights. I think they'll help. Um, Obviously, the Golden Knights also acquired Robin Lehner last year at the trade deadline. Um, I think that the the Golden Knights are not to be messed with. They have a great defense, solid offense, two great goaltenders. I don't know what they're going to do with Flurry now. I know Flurry was kind of flustered there and thought he was the top man. And he has done so much for the Golden Knights since they came into the league. And they've just been such an amazing team, but it's definitely a top shelf signing for the Golden Knights. And I think Petrangelo is going to fit in very well with the Golden Knights. So next we're going to move on um, to the St. Louis Blues with one of their big signings, which they signed Tory Krug for seven years at 45.5 million, 6.5 per year. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in between on this. I think it's a good signing. But I'm not quite sure. I'll make my decision after I talk about him a little bit. Maybe I'll convince myself. Um, but Tori Krug, he's a great offensive defenseman, um, probably one of the top in the league. Uh, he, he's not a replacement for Petrangelo. They're completely different players. Petrangelo is like six foot three. Tori Krug's like five foot nine. 
Um, now, he replaces Petriangelo well offensively. Tory Krug's probably one of, if not the best, power play quarterbacks in the league. Like, you put him at the top on your power play, he's going to get you some points. He's great at dishing the puck, great at getting open, finding the right passes. Uh, he had 28 power play points last season. Um, I do think he could fit in very well with the um, St. Louis Blues if they match him up with the right D-man. Uh, I would say that if they pair him up with Colton Pareko, I think that'd probably be the best uh, to D-man or best partner for him. Um, Colton Pareko is fairly similar to Brandon Carlo, who Tori Krug played with in Boston. Uh, I think they're both defensive defensemen, can both stay back. They're stay back defensemen, hold hold back if Tori Krug pushes up the ice. Um with that said, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go post just because I think he can. I'm leaning more towards top shelf with this one, but uh, I'm gonna go post for Tory Krug. Um, Jacob Markstrom, six years, thirty six million dollars, six million per year for the Calgary Flames. Uh, this is top shelf signing. Jacob Markstrom's great goalie. He had his best season last year, putting up a two point seven five goals against and a point nine one eight save percentage. Um, I mean, the, the flames kind of needed a, a better goalie. They have a one, two punch with Riddick, uh, Riddick's not a bad goalie. I think, I think it'll be a good backup. If Markstrom's ever struggling, you can throw Riddick in, he can get it done for a couple games, but I think Markstrom will really turn it up. And we saw obviously when he transitioned from Florida to Vancouver, it was much better. His numbers were much better in Vancouver than they were in, um, Florida, with the mess that they are. Uh, I think with the defense that the Flames have, I think they're very good defensively. Noah Hannafin, Mark Giordano, and they even brought in Brandon Tanov from Vancouver. <clears throat> so Jacob Markstrom is going to have some familiarity with that there. I think they're going to be quite solid on defense. I'm going to get top shelf for Flames for this signing. Next one we have here is Evgeny Dadanov. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov signed a three-year, $15 million, five mil per year. Now, um, this is this is what the Ottawa Senators he signed. I'm going to go post here. I think Evgeny Danov's great signing. He's, they got him to a great contract, only five mil per year, solid second or first liner, probably playing first line for them. Um, they needed a sniper. Uh, absolutely. The Ottawa Senators, they lost their one sniper. They had Anthony Duclair, but I think Evgeny Danov's far better than him. He needed this guy. Um, he had kind of an off year, 25 goals and 47 points last season. But he's definitely going to be looked at to be the main goal scorer for this team. Um, they already have great defense. Um, they have Thomas Chabot, obviously. Uh, they got a new goalie. They traded for Matt Murray, who's showed that he's an elite goaltender. And I think that the Ottawa Senators might shock some teams. They might not be the biggest goal scorers, but I think that they're going to play very well defensively. And I think they're going to be like, come on, try and score on us. Um, and I'm going to make a prediction with Dad not being leaned on here. I think he's going to have his first 30 goal season of his career. Um, next, I'm going to go to Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli signed with the Canadians, four years, 17 million, 4.25 a year. I'm going to go post here as well. Um, he put up 44 points last season, though he did get six goals and four assists when he got traded to the Canucks from the Kings. Um, in, even after their miraculous run, though, with the Canadians, where they did beat the Penguins in the first round last season, which shocked everyone, um, I don't think Montreal's going anywhere this season. I don't think they rank up against all the other Canadian teams. They probably won't make the playoffs. 
Um, I do think Toffoli might help bring this team up a step. He is an underrated two-way player, though. I don't think people recognize how good he is about getting back and everything like that. Um, as far I mean, they have the space to sign Tyler Toffoli. Um, he's 28. I think he's a good signing. I think he'll help later on in his contract. Maybe they'll have built themselves up a bit. The Canadians, obviously, they're still dealing with Carey Price, who they're paying $10.5 million, which is ridiculous. Um, he, he, I mean, he's that good, but like $10.5 is quite a lot. Um, I'm going to go post here. Uh, next is Antoine Kudobin. So not so much a free agency. He kind of re-signed, but he did enter free agency. He signed a three-year, $10 million, 3.3 a year for the Dallas Stars. Um, I'm going to go, it might be shocking to some of you after he led them to the Stanley Cup final, but I'm actually going miss here with Antoine Kudobin, and I'll tell you why. So we know Ben Bishop's in Dallas. Obviously, he, he actually got injured, and um, he's not going to be back for another two months after the season starts, so they need a goaltender. I know Kudobin led them to the cup and had a good postseason. But I don't I don't think he's gonna be on the same level this season. I know he's only making three million this year. Um, but I think Ben Bishop will claim the starting job when he returns. Um the main problem I have with this deal is the term. I believe Antoine Kudobin's like 34 years old, so you're signing him through to when he's 37. Um, I think, I think they would have been better off signing him to like just an, a one-year deal. Like say, we'll give you like six mil for one year or something like that. Or like, not sad wins, put him six mil, like 5 million for one year. Um, they have the cap space to do that. Otherwise I just, I would have signed someone else and just waited till Ben Bishop came back. But I could also see them trading Ben Bishop or something like that after signing Kudobin, but I would stick with Ben Bishop. I think Ben Bishop's the better player, but I could see him getting moved uh, if they think they want to go with Kudobin. <clears throat> Next one's an interesting one. We have Pat Maroon. He signed, uh, he actually kind of re-signed. He did the same thing as Kudobin, went to free agency, but then signed back with their original team. So Pat Maroon signed a two-year, $1.8 million, 900K a year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now it's getting top shelf. Pat Maroon, third line, maybe fourth line if you want um but i'm going top shelf because he's a solid power forward he can kill penalties you can throw him on the power play if you really want to even though i know the lightning have so many skilled players and don't need him there um he can be your enforcer rough up guys fight guys stand up for your teammates and obviously the tampa bay lightning needed that cheap contract um with all their high paying salaries they have and all their contract issues they've been having um, so I think it's a great signing for the Tampa Bay Lightning top shelf just because of how cheap they got him. I think they really got their uh, money uh, money's worth with this contract. Um, so finally, we're going to go with Corey Crawford. Corey Crawford signed a two-year, $7.6 million, $3.8 per year with the New Jersey Devils. Now, the New Jersey Devils did just re-sign Mackenzie Blackwood um, for three years um, at... I want to say 2.6, I think it was, something around that. Um, Blackwood's 24, Crawford's like 36. So obviously Blackwood's the future for them. I think Mackenzie Blackwood can be a great goalie. Um, I actually, I like this because I think that the Devils are trying to surprise people. You know, Devils had two first overall picks with Nico Hichier and uh, Jack Hughes down the middle. Jack Hughes had quite a disappointing season from what people were expecting to him. Um, he struggled to get his first goal, which is like the hardest thing as a rookie because 
obviously if you go three, five, seven games without scoring, like people kind of start to notice, but they won't be on you. But when you haven't scored from the start of the season, people are just going to be on your tail. Luckily finally got in. I think he'll look to bounce back. Um, but I really think that they're trying to surprise people because I think Corey Crawford's a great goalie. I think Mackenzie Blackwood will learn a lot from him. Obviously, Crawford was a part of the Chicago Blackhawks, won Stanley Cups with them. He's got all that experience, can bring experience to this New Jersey team. Um, and they also did just uh, acquire Ryan Murray as well, a great defenseman. Uh, they have P.K. Subban, who's been kind of falling off. Um, maybe they just Crawford could have been one of those signings where they're just trying to be like, let's go, let's move it. Uh, Crawford's got experience. He's here to win now. They're in the win now mentality. But even if they don't win now, I mean, you're signing Crawford for 3.8 million. I, d- I don't think that's a bad contract at all. I think he'll help Mackenzie Blackwood, give him some tips, can mentor him. I could see them splitting games. I could see Blackwood and Crawford splitting and they'll see who's the hot goalie and take the hot goalie at that time. Um, so I'm going to go post, but I mean, it could really be top shelf because like they're not losing anything and they can only gain stuff from this. I don't, I don't think it's a bad contract at all. Um, so with all these moves and all these changes is happening in the NHL, I'm just so excited for the season to begin. I'm ready for us to get into some hockey. We have our first cut games coming up next week on the 13th. Um, for the next episode, I'm going to be doing my early season predictions, ranking where I think teams will finish and who my top players are and who's going to win the heart, the Vezina, the Calder, and all these awards. Um, my way too early season predictions. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the first episode. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, subscribe to my podcast here on Spotify and go ahead and subscribe on YouTube where I'll be posting some highlights uh, at Top Shelf Podcast. And follow my TikTok where I'll also be posting some stuff at Top Shelf Podcast on TikTok. And if you have anything you want me to talk about or cover, or if you want to hop on and talk with me about some stuff, hit me up on TikTok if you really want. You can DM me there, or you can email me at topshelfpodcast54 at gmail.com. I'll catch you all next week on Top Shelf.